0: Divine Conversations Podcast. Today we're joined by Mike McKinley and he's written a book called Friendship with God, A Path to Deeper Fellowship with the Father, Son, and Spirit. And he's um, decided to join us to help us think through these concepts and articulate what's near and dear to his heart as it pertains to this book and maybe whatever else. So, um, Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, Man, just give us a little background on who you are, um, what makes you tick, um, anything you want to share with us just so we can get to know you?
1: Yeah, yeah, great. Um, so, um, Mike McKinley, I live in uh, Northern Virginia, so about 45 minutes outside of D.C. I've been pastoring um, uh, Sterling Park Baptist Church for 18 years as of this very day, um, and uh, been married to Karen for 25 years. We were college sweethearts. We have five kids. Um, a couple of them are in college, uh, then a bunch of teenagers at home as well. So from Philadelphia. So uh, uh, my wife uh, jokes that the Philadelphia Eagles are our other religion. So, um, but yeah, just pastor, coach a bunch of sports for my kids, that kind of thing.
0: Nice. So you've written this book, Friendship with God. Um, who's John Owen? And why should anybody care about this guy named John Owen and what's he got to do with your book?
1: Yeah, so John Owen was um, a English um, Puritan pastor and theologian. So um, mid-1700s, you know, kind of rough time frame there. Um, he, was a, he was a sort of well-known public pastor and theologian, was um, uh, involved as the chaplain for Oliver Cromwell in the uh, – um, the parliamentary sort of side of the the English Civil war if that if that uh rings any bells from your your history classes um so he, he was a famous guy he kind of wound up um, by the end of his life was sort of out of sort of the realms of power and um just wrote a ton of really helpful material so he's one of the great theologians in the English language particularly of the of the Holy Spirit um and uh so he's also to my mind incredibly difficult to read so uh, I think I've I own a lot of uh, John Owen books and I have read, um, not, not as many of them. And, uh, <laughs> if you've ever, like, di- di- you know, if you dive into Owen, um, he's just, he's dense, like he's endlessly digressive and, and loves to, uh, you know, loves to have points and sub points and, you know, never says anything in 10 words, if he can say it in a thousand <laughs> words. It's, so, uh, so, um, yeah. So the, the way he's related to my book is that, um, I was taking a sabbatical about maybe seven, eight years ago. I was trying to figure out what to read and I was in my kind of office at my, at the church and I was looking through all the books and figuring, okay, I've got time to read books. I don't normally read. What, what would I like um, to to spend time thinking about on sabbatical? And I came across Owen's uh, book communion with God. And I thought, you know, that's a, that's an interesting topic. And I'm not even, I mean, I'm a pastor, so I know like what those words mean, but I'm not really sure what they mean. Um, And so I spent I spent my uh, my summer uh, with Owen reading that book and rereading it and uh, was just so helped and so compelled by the ideas in in there. I found myself using it a lot in ministry, those ideas. But the book is so hard to read that um, it it wasn't something most people in my church were going to pick up and and work their way through, at least not without a a bit of help. And so, uh, yeah, long story short, over over time, I kept wishing someone would just write these ideas down in a sort of clear, accessible way. Um, and, uh, when, when no one did, I decided to try it myself. And that's the, that's uh friendship with God is what, what we came up with.
0: So if you were, um, if you could dictate a, a script for how reading this book would flesh out, let's just say in the life of the people that you lead in your local church, um, mm-hmm. what would your, what, what's your goal? What's your desire for? how this book can shape their discipleship?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great question, many ways. That's like the most important question. Right. Um and I, I it's 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 a short book, relatively speaking. So um one of the things trying to um take something really long and, and make it more digestible. So each chapter in you Owen, I just followed his format exactly. I'm 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 not trying to reinterpret what he said. I'm you know, I I will quote him a bit and explain what he's saying. And, and uh, but each each chapter is about fifteen hundred words, so it's meant to be relatively brief. So uh, I've been encouraging folks to just even read it devotionally in the morning. Um, you know, I know some folks have uh, in our church have have met up to to talk through different things. It's it's really a practical book uh, in terms of um, what does it look like to have a relationship with God. It's something we talk about a lot um, right. in in Christian circles, but it, uh, Owen is—he's—it's it, really a ton of just kind of beautiful, practical um, advice on on how it is that the normal things we do in the Christian life, like going to church and praying and reading the Bible, like how those things are meant not as sort of ends in themselves, but to bring us into this relationship with God and communion. allow us to experience and enjoy that communion. Yeah, yeah. is is Owen's word. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So how have you seen, I'm I'm just curious, because as someone who preaches a lot, I always say, uh, I'm the one that learns the most through my sermon prep. I would imagine the same happens when you write a book. I haven't written any books. And I'd be curious to hear in the process of writing this, what have been some practical outcomes for you that you feel like, man, this has really formed me and shaped me. Can you give us some examples?
1: Yeah. I mean, just, just personally, I think, um, you know some of the some of the ways that owen just demonstrates from scripture kind of in the initial part of his book that that god really does um does want a relationship with us he wants us to have communion with him he wants us to experience friendship with him you know i found you know if you asked me if that was true as a pastor i'd be like well yes of course but you know seeing it sort of laid out so compellingly from scripture and and seeing how so many of the things that the Lord has given us to do in our in our Christian lives, like I, you know, I mentioned reading the Bible and and praying and those sorts of things, you know, are really given to us by God as a as a way of returning His friendship to Him and you know, experiencing um, friendship with God has this been has been really helpful in in thinking okay when I sit down to pray, not just checking off a, a list or you know, but I'm I'm actually I'm actually experiencing and enjoying a relationship with God when I come to the the Lord's table with the church, you know, I'm I'm enjoying fellowship with Him, um, and then I, for me personally, just the section on the Holy Spirit. So the, the book is broken up into, um, what does communion with God the Father look like? What does communion with God the Son look like? And what does communion with God the Holy Spirit look like? And Owen argues that Scripture seems to indicate that we're meant to have kind of direct communion with each person of the Trinity. And the section on the holy spirit i thought was just enormously helpful in in uh sort of clarifying what it looks like and what we ought to expect and how we can um you know sort of experience the holy spirit in our daily lives in a way that's not sort of hyper charismatic or or overly sort of emotional or experiential and so i personally just really really shaped by that i feel like you know up until that point maybe you know, kind of only two thirds of a Christian, you know, and that I, right. I kind of felt like I knew how to relate to the father. I knew how to relate to the son. I was grateful for the Holy spirit, but didn't really know what it looked like to have a relationship with this, with the spirit.
0: So what does that look like in, in real ways when it comes to the spirit and your experience of the spirit?
1: Yeah. So Owen, he, um, this, uh, he uses a, a, a the idea of a, a medium to help it help us understand what these relationships ought to look like. And the, the idea is that a medium is the the kind of thing on which your relationship is carried out. So uh, to use an example, uh, you know, yesterday, I went to the dentist. So the medium of my relationship with the dentist is is my teeth. So we might talk about sports, we might talk politics, but we're basically the, the thing that we really are, are doing business about is, uh, is my teeth. And so, yes, you know, Owen makes the point that um when it comes to god the father the medium of our relationship with him is his love so that's what god the father wants to to talk to us about that's what he wants us to believe that's how he wants us to relate to him when it comes to the lord jesus it's his grace and owen does a good job of showing that and when it comes to the holy spirit he um he points out you know the spirit does a lot of things for us he regenerates us he sanctifies us he convicts us of sin uh he guides us um but owen says you know when you look at what our the, the New Testament says about our relationship with the spirit, it's, it's carried out particularly in his comfort. Um, mm. and so a lot of, um, I think ways that Owen has helped me to grow is to be, to identify what the, what the spirit's comfort looks like in my life and how I experience that. And then also just practically like how I'm meant to respond to that. Mm. Um, you know, Owen makes the point that friendship is a two way street and, um, and communion with God or friendship with God is is God communicating Himself to us. And then us, Owen says, making suitable returns of that which He accepts. So, um, God's basically given us ways to respond to His friendship. Uh, and when it comes to the Holy Spirit and, and His comfort, Owen points out kind of three negatives that the New Testament gives us as ways of kind of responding to the Spirit's work in our lives. And that is, he says, uh, we don't, don't grieve the Spirit don't quench the spirit and don't resist the spirit. Hmm. Um, and he does a really good job of kind of unpacking what those, what those things look like, what it looks like not to quench or resist or, um, grieve the spirit. And so I think just being sort of careful about those categories in my life, identifying what it looks like to, to experience the spirit's comfort. have just been, been really, uh, helpful for me personally.
0: Yeah. So like the promise that the Holy Spirit's the comforter, um, and i'm facing a situation of extreme trial how should i how should i expect the ministry or the relationship with the holy spirit to to engage with me at that time
1: yeah yeah it's a great question and i think you know in some ways it'll probably look different for um, you know for different people in different circumstances sure. but you know um Oh, and he he starts his discussion by looking at the words of Jesus right before his crucifixion in John's gospel, where he says, basically says to the disciples, look, um, uh, there's going to be a day very soon where everyone's going to persecute you and people are going to basically think they're serving God when they kill you and they're going to put you out of the synagogues. And and then he says, um, you know, basically in that same conversation and I'm leaving, Um, (laughs) which, you know, (laughs) You know, Jesus all along has been the solution to all of the disciples' problems. Like, they run out of wine, Jesus makes more. They don't have food, Jesus makes food. They're yeah. in a boat, you know, in a storm, Jesus calms it. Um, somebody dies, Jesus brings them back to life. And so Jesus yeah. is like, look, it's going to get horrible, and I'm I'm skipping town. Um, but he says to them, it's actually better that I go, uh, because if I don't go, I can't send the comforter to you. And so I don't think Jesus is being falsely modest there. Um, I think I think he's telling his disciples the truth that actually, that the the spirit's presence in our, in our suffering and in our our troubles is even better than the sort of bodily presence of of Jesus himself. And so, you know, to answer your question, I think if it's it's going to look like um, the the spirit sort of bringing the ministry of Christ uh, to you. A lot of times that's going to, I think Owen makes a good point, it's going to come through the ministry of God's word. So the spirit yeah. inspires God's word. And yeah. and particularly that idea of not resisting the spirit, Owen grabs that from um, Stephen's speech in Acts 7, where he is speaking to the crowds in Jerusalem. And he says, you know, you're just like your fathers who killed the prophets. Like you always resist the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And in context, it's that they're, they don't listen to God's word. Amen. Um, and so I think I expect that what the, the spirit is comfort is going to look like a lot of times is is bringing God's word home to me mm-hmm. and helping me to believe it and trust it yes uh, and be com- and be comforted by it so yeah um that might look different in different contexts but I think that's generally what to what to
0: expect yeah that's really beautiful that's really beautiful and I've seen I'm sure you've seen I've, I've seen that too be um a real like uh anchor you know in the midst of whatever we're facing let me let me uh, change directions just a little bit, but I think it's really important. You you mentioned earlier that Owen is just ridiculously hard to read. And uh, I mean, I was just confessing to my kids the other night how I, as we were talking about technology and the need to like be wise with technology that we have these days that, man, I feel like my brain is more scattered than ever because, you know, I've just kind of been programmed to go super fast and just, You know, I feel like I got a thousand different thoughts flying through my head as I'm reading a book, any book, even a simple book, or even like an article on the internet, how much harder may it be for us to read books that were written 400 years ago or so with English that sounds kind of weird to us, da-da-da-da-da. But this whole idea of there's blessing in persevering in hard things, especially when it comes to reading and reading books that are still in print four hundred years later, there's probably some wisdom in that too. But how would you um, how would you encourage someone at your church and also my church that it's a why it's worth it to 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 read hard books, but b like how do we even go about it so that we don't give up and um, we can really glean the benefits from it and not get discouraged.
1: Yeah, that's a good that's a good question. You know I think um, you know, I remember when I was relatively, you know a, a young man in my faith. I remember there was an old um, an old man who was a, kind of an elder in our church and uh, just real respectable uh, guy who who, who was uh, the first person to really like teach theology to me. I remember him saying, "You know, you can search on the surface, uh, but you're probably just going to find if you if you just rake at the surface, you're just going to find rocks. Yep. Uh, but if you dig deep, uh, you have a shot at finding gold. And uh, you know, I think what he meant by that was like that sometimes the best things are are buried a little bit and do require a little bit of of, of effort, um, but but are oftentimes worth it. Now, I think in terms of reading old books, um, you know, C.S. Lewis had a great um, you know, comment to the effect of, you know, you read old books not not necessarily because they see things um, that that you don't see, but that they're not blinded by your errors. You know, people from a different generation, and so yeah. you know, you read Owen, and there are honestly some parts of it that you're like, mm, yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure he's 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 right on that. His he, a lot of the book is a there's a big chunk that's a kind of an unpacking of Song of Songs that. um while interesting i think it's probably unhelpful in some ways and and, Uh so i've I've mostly kind of skipped over that in the book and just tried to pull out the kind of helpful chunks but you know what he's also like he sees things and has you know insights that we just that are i think are probably don't seem important to us nowadays that can really inform us and and shape us and so you know i think it's great to read new books you know i'm really grateful for you know people who are, are are thinking and writing you know uh books for this generation but i think when you go back I personally am challenged by um the the passion, the clarity, you know, the 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 commitment that you see in in books like this, the depth of thinking, the carefulness. Um you know, even just like even just how how uh how much you know, authors from that generation and, and Owen assume we know the Bible, yes. you know, because they didn't have uh cat videos on YouTube to to distract, <laughs> distract them so them, what they didn't exactly. they read the Bible, you know, yeah. and so you know, Owen will use examples, you know, and it'll be like, well, it's like the Gibeonites. And, you know, then you're like, Oh, you know, right. Yeah. And, you know, my mind, you know, I'm flipping back in the Bible. Being those like, guys oh, again. Well, that's, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. actually a really good point. Yeah. I forgot yeah. about that one. Um, you know, and so I think even just being kind of challenged in that way. So I think, you know, one of the best ways to, to do, to sort of get into it is just simply not to be intimidated. Um, you know, and to uh, generally speaking, if you read, I think slowly, um, If you read out loud, particularly things that are kind of in a different, um, you know, dialect, that can be really helpful. Sometimes things that seem strange on the page, when you say them out loud, you kind of get the gist of it. Um, you know, there's, I think some helpful, you know, guides to the, to the different, um, books. You know, my hope ultimately is that you'll read my book and be helped by it and maybe inspired to, to, to tackle Ellen on your own.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I found a a catchphrase that I'm repeating over and over in my life these days, um, Is the importance of consistency over intensity Mm. whether it comes my workouts um you know eating right but i think it pertains to to like if you're going to try to tackle calvin's institutes you know still in print 500 years later or whatever uh not easy but Mm -hmm. if you could just read a page a day you know um you might accomplish something as opposed to like man i need to crank out one of these whole chapters in a day. I might not retain that much. And I mean, honestly, we, we coach up our people to that are new to their Bible reading like that too. You Mm -hmm. start with five minutes, you know, and, and see what can be accomplished if you just keep showing up day after day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think being honest with yourself. So, you know, I'm not sure about your context, but here in Northern Virginia, you know, it it seems like everybody is a, a high achieving, You know overworking you know ladder climbing kind of person by temperament and you know if you're honest with yourself i I think uh, you probably expel or expend a lot of effort to achieve a lot less benefit for yourself in other arenas of your life and so you know it's not that you are unable to read this it's just you prioritize other things and would rather would rather grow in other areas of your life um, but there's there's really rich rewards in sort of pressing in to your, your spiritual growth.
0: Yeah, amen. Let me ask you one more question, uh, Mike, and it just comes from the title. And my background to this is I've spent a fair amount of time in Morocco with some missions, things that we do, and gotten to know Muslim culture. And I know that in, Muslim, in Islam, for the most part, the idea of friendship with God would be offensive. Um, God is is transcendent. He is high and exalted. He is far off. Um, there's, there's nowhere near the same intimacy that we get from the Bible about our relationship with God. And, you know, Jesus himself says, I call you my friends, but the word friendship, um, I think for some people can, can connotate an informality or maybe erring on the side of I've forgotten about transcendence. I've forgotten that God is holy, and um, if that was an ob- objection that someone raised to you, um, this whole idea of friendship—like, can it lead us down to down some paths that could be problematic? How would you How would you respond to that?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that um, there certainly is a danger in. The, uh, the idea of being too casual or presumptuous, uh, with God. Um, the solution to that, I, I don't think is to therefore stay at a distance from God, sure. you know, sure. a, and to say, well, you know, I'm, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pursue intimacy with God. I'm not gonna pursue friendship or a relationship or communion with God because, you know, I don't, he, he's so high and exalted. So holy, that's actually, that's actually weirdly, um, disobedient and mm-hmm. and failing to take God at his word so we you know that that would be paying lip service to God's holiness while ignoring it in terms of you know um because God actually tells us that's that's what he wants uh from us and so we yeah. have to to believe that you know I, I i might be tempted to not believe it if God hadn't said it it seems you know too good to be true i i think i used the, some version of the example you know in the the opening of the book you know if if I got a phone call, you know, voicemail from uh, from LeBron James saying like, hey, you know, some buddies are, you know, coming over, have some drinks by the pool. We're going to shoot some hoops later. Watch the, you know, watch the finals. I'd be like, okay, which one of my stupid friends, you know, left me this voicemail, right? Because right. like LeBron James isn't calling me. Like, I'm not that important. I, you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't even know who I am. Right. I'm not the kind of guy who 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 parties like that, Right. And so, how much more the fact that the God of the universe, who made everything, would say to somebody like me, like, "No, I want you to know me like this," and I and I want you to to return friendship to me. Well, I'd be like, "No way!" Except that that's exactly like the discovery of the gospel, right? That's what that's what Jesus came to do, and and that's what God is doing through Christ and through the gift of the Spirit. And so, so in a sense, it's it's not really obedient for me to remain at a distance. And the other thing I would say is simply, if you're, if you're worried about, you know, that intimacy with God might cause you to be casual or uh, irreverent in some way, I would just say, I don't, I don't think you know, the God of the Bible, right? right, to actually, actually know him and draw near to him. You know, there's this, there's this, this balance, right, where he is high and exalted and, and, you know, far above us, the great king. But also because of Christ's work, we, we come boldly before his throne. Like we don't, we don't come cowering and simpering in guilt and shame and fear, but he's, you know, um, and so that's, that's the privilege we have as as Christians. We don't, I think often, um, you know, exercise it fully.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, we can leave it there, Mike. This has really been an encouraging discussion and, um, I hope, a lot of our people here at the Vine Church will uh, pick up your book. It's a short book, easy to read. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to diving into it even more. And so anything else you want to get off your chest? Uh, no, no, that's great.
1: So, no more books? Uh, are, you,
0: are you writing anything else right now?
1: Um, nothing else right now. So I'm I'm uh, I'm reading a lot more John Owen these days and thinking, you know, I wish somebody would simplify this book Uh, so who knows maybe it'll it'll become a a series or a habit but uh, yeah nothing in the hopper right now
0: well Mike thanks so much for your time and it's been great to hear from you on this book and we hope that it uh, goes far and wide thanks man
1: thanks for having me